Looking for something different this Thanksgiving? Take your family to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Just minutes from I-95 with free admission and parking. This is the perfect holiday outing for families of every size. You'll love the flight and tank simulators, 300-degree theater, and interactive training center. And you'll come face-to-face with rare and never-before-seen artifacts from Army history. It's all at the National Army Museum, with shopping and dining, too. Open on Thanksgiving Day and all weekend long. Plan your visit at usarmymuseum.org. Hey, are you looking for a show with no spin, with no jazz, without all the noise? Well, welcome. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. If you're looking for that type of show and that type of action and some straight out real talk, real news, real Bible conversation, you have made it to the right podcast. Body of Christ Real Talk is for you. Love you all. Peace out. Stay tuned for Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello, everybody. I'm here. That's the bell. Hello, this is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Hello, my fellow listeners from the USFA and also internationally. Speaking out and a shout out to all my listeners. Okay, welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Thank you for joining this show today. Now, what I want to talk about today is a piggyback of what I've been talking about for the last few podcasts. Uh, the survey that I look, I was looking into on YouTube about the falling away or the, uh, the absence of a lot of youngsters in the church. And for the ones that don't know anything about that podcast or that show, please... I recommend you go back to the last uh, couple of podcasts that I have recorded and you and try to catch up on that first. Like I, I say that quite a bit on a lot of my podcasts when I'm doing somewhat of a, a short series on a certain topic. And I like my listeners and uh, because I might have new listeners as well. My old listeners uh, have an idea how, how I work, but I might have new listeners that's just toning in and they don't know what's going on. So just go back to the previous podcast. It's this, that's what I'll, I will be finishing off on or somewhat piggybacking on the last two podcasts about the falling away and the exiting of the youngsters in the church, specifically the young men and women that's uh, somewhat leaving the church. I break down my definition of what I think it is. You know, I got this off CBN. They do surveys and stuff like that about ch- uh, church attendance and believers and stuff like that. Then I gave my breakdown and my opinion and stuff like that of what I think was going on. And I think it's very important and uh, that you go back and check those two out first so you can, you can understand uh, and what, what, where I'm going today. Okay. Without a long introduction, I'm going to get right into piggybacking on what I'm talking about. Now, the next few podcasts, I, I brought it up the other day, too. I will be talking about uh, basically reading the Bible, studying the Bible. And remember, I, I talk about my three phases. I'm going through uh, getting stronger um, spiritually. Uh, physically and financially that's that's my I call that the three phase it used to be a four phase but I like do a three phase now to better myself better spiritually physically and financially and that's what I'm doing right now I'm on those phases right now so 
I look at it this way. The most important of all of them, all of them, is most definitely spiritually when it comes to uh, being a believer in Christianity in your faith. Now, this is basically for a believer if he's already saved, you know, to better yourself uh, spiritually and stuff like that, you know. Now, you might say, how do I do that? I'm going to just get into a little bit of that, uh, first of all, you know, and I, you know me, I, I try to... <laughs> Like Les Feldick like to use communicate, and I can I try to communicate to you a certain way. So I, it might seem like I'm going around and never answer what's been asked or what I'm talking about. But I try to communicate so I can give some some of my listeners uh, some type of idea where I'm going and why I believe the way I believe. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, what I'm going to be doing piggybacking on that. Uh, accident of the church. Now I want to I want to correct something also as well. I put it on my podcast, but remember I was talking about the falling away, and I like to be straightforward with my people so they they don't get so uh, confused about Bible verses. And I, when you do podcasts, when you do podcasts, we do shows or radio or anything. I don't care if it's television or YouTube. Some things you do or say. You don't know until you replay. And a lot of people do that. Well, that's how they're able to edit certain things before they put it out there. They edit it. I'll say, okay, that's a mistake. They edit. They do this and everything like that, which is good. But by me, you know my my show, I don't edit. So if I make some type of error, I'll try to remind someone on the next podcast or I'll put it down on one of the, what the show is about and I'll just let you know what a PS that means. That's something I'm, I'm adding. That's something that happened. So that's what, and I like to be uh, very, very careful when it comes to verses and scriptures when I quote them. And I want people to understand and you probably have noticed that with me or caught it myself. If I'm quoting a scripture out of context, let me know, leave a comment or whatever like that. Leave a comment because sometimes I will not know until uh, I go back and check it out. Or I noticed that I said it and I said, oh, man, that wasn't the right verse and everything. But I said, but I catch back, piggyback on that later and everything because I have not. Ed- I don't do editing on this show, you know. And uh, so what I want to do, I want to go back. When I was explaining the great falling away, I mentioned the verses, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 16. I think I've done that a couple of times, but that's not the verses that talks about the falling away of the church and the entering of the Antichrist. I basically, I, it's second, <coughs> excuse me, second Thessalonians 2 and 3. I think it's second te- Thessalonians 2 and 3. So therefore, if you go back to that last podcast I've done, you'll notice I wrote it down in a section that's explaining what I'm talking about. They're explaining the sh- what the show is about. You will see it at the end. So the the falling away, when Paul talks about the falling away before the Antichrist steps in, it's not first uh, Thessalonians 4, 13 and 16. That's basically talking about the catching away of the church, the rapture of the church. Second uh, Thessalonians 2 and 3 is talking about the falling away or the departure of the church. So Second Thessalonians 2 and 3, the departure of the church. You know, King James says falling away, but it's basically in context. It's really the catching away of the church or the departure of the church. 
uh, you know, before the Antichrist steps in. So I wanted to get that out there for the ones that's just listening to my podcast and they might notice that, that they might have been looking for it in the Bible and they can find it. So it's very important when I do that, I have to correct myself when I catch myself. And I'm listening to my own podcast. And I say, wait a minute, I had that little inkling that, that I don't think is really there, but I just let it go anyway. But I said, let me just play it back. And I said, okay, I had a feeling that I was off basis with the verses. And let me go back and just let my people know, nope, that wasn't the first. It was this verse. So I try to do that in all my podcasts, you know. All right. So go back and check out those podcasts. What I want to talk about uh, piggybacking on that. I'm not going to basically go over the same thing that I did yesterday. You just have to go back to that show uh, and check that out. But what I want to talk about now is for I asked a question on two podcasters. Do you read the Bible? And if you do, why do you read the Bible? And remember that question. I hope you guys uh, thought about it and whatever like that when I asked that question. Do you read the Bible? And why? I asked the believer and the unbeliever. You know, because it's basically, sometimes it's the same, but it's basically two two reasons. Uh, sometimes what an unsaved person and a believer read the Bible, you know, Uh but what I want to talk about, something that's close to that is for the believer. This is for the believer, for the Christian that's part of the body of Christ. Many people are familiar with the term Christian, so let me use that. You are a Christian and you're part of the body of Christ. There's a lot of... uh error and wrong teaching and I'm not like I said I don't call everybody a false teacher because they're in error of the word of God I, I call the false teacher that knows he in error or he's just too stubborn to correct himself and he knows he's adding things or she's adding things to the uh, the word of God you know when it comes to uh, stuff like that then I then I would say yeah you're a false teacher you refuse to change your ways. You see the Bible saying what it's saying. You refuse to do that because you don't want to lose your audience. You don't want to use, lose a congregation in your church building, etc. and stuff like that. So, therefore, when you keep spitting out that error and you're not willing to change, not even the Holy Spirit can have, couldn't even change you, you are considered in my book a false prophet and also in the Bible a false prophet because you openly, knowingly continue to teach that false prophet, uh, false teaching contrary to the word the word of God says. Then you, you are a false prophet. So you have to be careful since when you call somebody that know why you call them that, not because you disagree on certain little things. Now, there's many believers, and I'm not going to keep this long. There's many uh, believers out there that are saved. There's many believers that study and read the Bible. They study and they read the Word of God. Okay? Which is good, which is great. But the the uh, 
the issue with a lot of believers today, and I used to be the same way, and I'm still learning, with believers today, and it's, it's, I say this in light perfect, Joe, you always keep saying that. I'm saying that because it's not getting any better. And the ones that does this is affecting the unsaved and the young people and the faith. Now, I don't mean by age. I'm just saying young and faith. You could be old and you could be young. You might be a new convert in the body of Christ. So I'm basically worried about the listeners of this type of teaching I'm finna talk about. Now, when a person, a good study, he might be a theologian, he might have a degree or not, you know, whatever, in theology or whatever like that, or he went to Bible school or Bible college or whatever like that, you know, a good study, a good storyteller, and good on history. And this teaching will help a lot of converts, old and new, Especially new converts. But what must be addressed is what is your theology based on? Is it basically what you're teaching? Is it really coming out of the Word of God and you basically believe it? That's what the Word of God is saying. Or you're basing your teaching on your teachers or your mentors or what they said or pastors and ministers in the church on what they interpreted what the Bible is saying. Okay? And when we go that way, remember remember, I said uh, most all believers, most of them are all believers get that knowledge from someone else that taught them just what the Bible was saying. The majority of believers, I'm not going to say all, but the majority of believers, I believe, get our knowledge, put myself in there, from what someone taught, told us this is what the Word of God or this is what the Bible was saying or what it meant. And that also depends on what they learn and how did they learn and what denomination are they coming out from because majority of the people uh, believers come out of some type of denomination whether it's a denominational church or non-denominational church it's still in that field denominational denomination <laughs> traditional or I could just say traditional type of teaching most of us got a lot of our teaching from padded teaching that our pastors got from their pastors or their dads or their dads got it from their dads and their dads got it from their dads it's kind of what they call that it's kind of a, a generational generational type of teaching if I could put it that way through a lot of denominational churches and you can you can go generational teachers can, and churches are very uh very normal and uh popular in churches some churches will not will not go outside the box. What I mean by that, they will only stay in the box of what their church stands for. It's called like a church creed or what my church building believes in, what we stand on. That's why I say you would you can know a lot about a church even before you join the church building now. Remember I put emphasis on 
when I'm talking about the body of Christ church and the church building. Church building, you can learn a lot about your church, your congregation, by their, what they believe. What is their stand in their belief of their church or their creed? Some people call it their church creed. And a lot of churches, mostly every denomination, got a statement of faith. Got a statement of faith of what they believe. Whether you agree or not, that church got a statement of faith of what they believe. And if you are a denominational church goer or whatever like that, they have a statement of faith of what they believe. Now, the difference between a denominational church state statement and a non-denominational church, you have all type of denominations going to a, a non-denominational church. So you have many different denominations in there and they all stand on different type of things, but they have the same type of format, what they believe in. You understand what I'm saying? So it might not be a particular state of faith, and they think they are obeying the whole four gospels. So you got the four gospel belief, you got the Baptist belief, you got the Church of God in Christ, you got the Lutheran belief, you got the Methodist belief, and everything like that. You, it's a lot of things. You got the Universalist belief, you got the uh, the Oneness belief, you got the, uh, the Jehovah Witness belief, you got the Masonic belief. You got so many different beliefs and church congregations excuse me and many denominations this is just a fact so you can find out a lot about churches what they stand and what they believe I like to call it their creed their statement of faith you know and I got a habit of looking at statement of faith which is it's not a bad thing it's a good thing looking at a, uh, a, a denomination statement of faith what they stand on and you say okay but this is the scary part. This is the scary part. When you have hundreds of hundreds of denominations out there, and a lot of them are believers, you have so many denominations out there. I'm talking about different ones, not groups, because you have denominations uh, that like all the Baptists, might you might have Baptist conventions, Church of God and Christ conventions, Lutheran conventions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Different separate uh, individual denominational traditional church buildings, church congregations, delegations and stuff like that. A person that's new in the faith or a person that's searching for a church to go to, church building, what must they do? How can they know which one is the right church when it comes to the building? 
a young believer, just say, I'm going to keep it at, 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 on a believer, not the non-believer. I'm going to keep it on a believer. When a believer just got converted, he's a new believer in Christ, part of the body of Christ. And someone won him to Christ as a witness, told him about the gospel and stuff like that. And he, he saved now, or she saved. But they don't have a church home, or they feel they need to find a church home, which is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, they, if they're not going to, if they're not going to uh, join the church, that the person that uh, won them to Christ, a lot of times they wind up going to the church they go to if they go to church. A lot of times that happens. They wind up going to their church building if they go to church. But just say they just heard a message on television and someone done a somewhat of a, a salvation call how to be saved. And they really, generally, they got saved. They believe what Christ done on the cross and his death, burial, and resurrection. I ain't going to talk about the different ways and the errors of a. Uh, of salvation. I'm just going to keep it on the real deal, the, the way to get saved today. And they actually got saved. And then the thing about it is you very seldomly, wow, it's hard to get this out, man, because there's so much confusion in, in the church, man. There's so much confusion, and Satan has done just uh, such a great job. The salvation message, first of all, must be real. It must be genuine. It must be the salvation message uh, for today, for the church today. Not the past kingdom church. It must be the salvation message for today. And God knows the person's heart. God knows that they believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to come back to that later on. So just say for uh, time's sake and non-confusion's sake, they got saved by listening to the gospel for today, which is from the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 15, 1-4. Now, this is the difference here. The first Corinthians 15, and this is very shocking, but man, it, it is. If you ever heard somebody tell you how to be saved, and they use first Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, listen closely. And they use first Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, which is the correct, which is the gospel of today which Paul calls my gospel and they use that verse for salvation it's, it would be a surprise to me I would just uh, somewhat assume okay they are a grace teacher or they believe in the teachings of Paul or they believe that the body of Christ or they believe that Paul is the apostle for the church today because Paul is the only one who talks about salvation that way Okay, well, how do they know about that way of being saved? Because I can go to many believers right now and ask them, uh, where's the salvation message? How do you get saved today? They will go probably to Acts 2 and 38 and different type of scriptures, John three sixteen. I would be surprised if any of them, which is sad, will bring up 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. That's even people that's close to me and my family, whatever. They will bring that up. They will go back to the Old Testament or the book of Acts and early Acts and stuff like that or certain verses or several verses for salvation. Okay? For salvation. Turn the light on here. Okay? 
So I wanted to get that out there. You very seldomly, and I know this for a fact, very seldomly when I look at television, well, internet or whatever, you know, I don't look at television. I don't know when the last time I looked at a TV, but just say, because uh, I'm always on the, I'm almost on my laptop or my phone, that when I hear a, a so-called salvation message, it's never really the true gospel message for today. It's Yes, it's, let me correct myself. It's true, but it's not for today. That gospel or the way they say coming to Christ is not the way to get saved. Repent of your sins or ask the Lord in your life and different things like that. A lot of man-made ways of salvation or they say you have to say the sinner's prayer or they say you need to repent or you do all different things. It's always something like that, you know. Everything but the real way to get saved today according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Okay, so that's a, that's another issue. And when a person... Uh, that might not really be saved and I, I run into a person like that or any other grace teacher run into a person we just about got to reteach them about the gospel and ask them what they believe now if they believe that you yeah I believe in that and everything see they said then because God knows the heart God knows the genuineness of a person that's really believing what Jesus did it ain't based on what, who he was. Well, anyway, let me get back to where I'm going. Okay, I said I won't go to keep this long. If a person got saved, man or woman, now, and they got saved uh, by looking at something on TV from a pastor that led them to Christ, then they're trying to find a church because the, 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 uh, this person might be out of town or whatever like that, or not in their jurisdiction or whatever like that. Finding the church, the right church building. So they can become, they can get stronger in the knowledge of the truth. See, so they have to search for the right church to go to, that can strengthen them or whatever like that. And I'm sure they have a lot of traditional beliefs. You know, they heard different things about the churches or whatever like that. Finding the right church. That's a challenge today for a convert, a new convert, if you don't have a home church. You know, traditionally. Many believers always put emphasis on you need to find a church or they ask you, you know, you probably ask them what church you go to. See. What church you go to or what church you belong to, because the many denominations and everything. See. So piggybacking on why a lot of youngsters are not in church or a lot of youngsters are falling away from church buildings or they don't believe in God as much as they used used to and I put emphasis on that in the last podcast they're, they're falling away from the faith doesn't mean that they were saved it's just their belief structure is not as strong no more and people get confused they're like losing their salvation and not saved no more they never was saved it's just they don't have a strong belief for the church or God or Christianity no more they never was saved and I was trying to explain that in the last podcast because a lot of people fall away from the faith every day they think they fall away from salvation but they never was salvation you cannot fall away you cannot fall out of the body of Christ a real believer you cannot fall out of something that you was never part of anyway. You fell out of the belief and the traditions that you was taught. So I understand the concept, you know, falling away from the faith. They're falling away from the, the traditional type of teaching. Not their salvation, but like I said, because they was not saved. 
that's different than a person that is saved and he's getting weak in the faith and he's kind of went sideways or whatever like that but he's still part of the body of Christ because the Holy Spirit is going to be within him to, to keep reminding that man or woman that part of the body of Christ with a true believer with a true believer not a person that's basically basing their salvation on church attendance or their belief of who Jesus was and what he done, but never really gave their heart generally to him. See, okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, the Bible itself. The problem with a lot of us, we have so many different beliefs when it comes to the denominational and traditional beliefs. Why? Because the majority of us don't follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. I don't care. You can argue and get mad all you want to. The majority of us, including myself, do not follow even probably 30% leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me speak for myself. See, we do not. Now, let me look at it in, a, in a, uh, the church building or the church, so-called church organization. Let me give you proof and example. And if you, I don't see how you can disagree if you read the same Bible that I read. I'm not talking about translations, but if you read the same Bible that I read, you know that it's true because if it was not true, there would not be no so many denominations. Say, Joe, what do you mean? The Holy Spirit, the third God of the triune. Now, when I mean third, I don't mean in rankings. I'm just saying they all four God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, if you believe in the triune, the Godhead. Now, many, all these denominations split it up because they think they are the true church. Listen carefully. All these denominations that's everywhere believe that they are the true church. They're, they're teaching the true word of God. Correct? Tell me if I'm wrong. They believe they are. I don't care what denomination it is. They believe they're teaching the true word of God. That's why they split up. Because they cherry pick certain things out of the word of God and added some tradition to it. I can't leave that out. And they believe that teaching the true word of God. You can go to different congregations and you can hear their message and they will say that they, they think they rightly divide the word of God. They think the Holy Spirit is moving in their church. They believe God. Their church is minister and preaching and teaching the truth. And a lot of them are sincere. I'm not talking about the fake phony ones that's there for gain. They really think they're sincere. All these denominations think they sincere. They think they got the. They are in that they're teaching the true word of God. You might say, "Wow, Joe." Yes, you might be in one of these churches. You might hear me. And you disagree. You might agree on something. Some things you disagree because that teaching is not in your church. Now, when you can say this. This is how slick Satan is. You can say, man, what he's talking about, I disagree with that because the Bible does not say that. 
a lot of people will say that. A lot of listeners that's listening to me. The Bible does not say that. Really what they're saying is this is not what my church teaches. If you're a churchgoer. My pastor don't teach this. So you might say the Bible said this. But this, the, the Bible is not saying what he's saying. Now that he, I disagree with that. No, basically, we, when we, when I was in the denominational church and I heard a certain different type of teaching, the first thing come to my mind, could that be from the Bible? Because the Bible is not saying that. Do I really know the Bible is not saying it or I was told, I was taught another way or how to interpret the Bible? See, you can get a Baptist and you can get a Church of God in Christ. They can agree on a lot of things, but disagree on a few things. Yeah, just put it that way. See? But both of them saying this, this this is the Bible. Both of them saying this is the word of God. Both of them saying this is the interpretation. You got some cop out people. They all they often say like this, man, you know, well, the Bible, you can interpret the Bible the way you want to interpret the Bible. No, you can't. No. No. That's a cop out. You can believe whatever you want to believe out of the Bible. No. It sounds good, but no, that's not true. That's a cop out. That's a cop-out. There's no compromise in God's word. There's no compromise in God's word. I'd rather be wrong trying to do right. Let me say that again. I'd rather be wrong trying to do right, trying to really understand what God's word is really saying. And I will never give up until I know this is what God's word is saying. And it's not hard. Once you learn how, go ahead and say it again, Joe, rightly divide God's word. If you're searching for the truth of God, what's going to be your biggest hang-up? If you're in a denominational, traditional type of upbringing in the church, what's going to be your biggest challenge? Is when it comes to rightly dividing. What what is going to be your biggest challenge? It's one of the biggest challenges would be undoing or unlearning what you have learned for years. Let me say that again. One of the biggest challenges with a person learning how to rightly divide or they're just hearing about rightly dividing. The biggest challenge that we have is unlearning, getting all that false teaching and all that junk out of us with that we have learned for years. That's the biggest challenge of learning how to rightly divide God's word. It's going to hurt the flesh. It's going to hurt your ego because all that way of believing, and all of it wasn't wrong, so I want you to listen carefully to what I'm saying. All that believing and all that traditional eisegesis that, that was punishes us allegories and different things like that about, you know, the mixed up of the grace message and the kingdom message. We have to take it off now. Like Paul said, you got to take it off. We have to take it off now. That's the hardest thing. That's the challenge. Even some grace teachers are still stuck in the denominational type of thinking. They still mix scriptures. They still go back to the Old Testament and try to justify 
their belief or what Paul is really saying. It's not easy. It's not easy, saints. It's not easy. Now, was it hard for me? And I'm not saying this to brag. It wasn't really hard for me, not because I'm smarter and know more than nobody else, but I was searching. I knew something was wrong because a lot of that stuff that I was taught was not working in my life and I couldn't ignore it no more. I could not. The Holy Spirit was just bringing me to a point that the more hunger you want to know God's word, the Holy Spirit can show you more. I ain't talking about denominational traditional hunger. I'm not talking about subjective preconceived hunger that can just agree with what you believe in already. I'm talking about when you let all that preconceived subjective type of belief, traditional type of belief, you put it to the side and just let the Holy Spirit teach you the word of God. It's a battle, but you will grow. You will really grow into things of God, but you have to learn how to let go before you put it on. If you don't take offers, you're not going to, you're not going to be. Able- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To put on rightly dividing. I hope I'm saying this plainly to the believers. I know it sounds like Bible teaching. What this is, I'm trying to help believers how to read the Bible, how to understand the Bible, if you really want to understand the Bible. Many people say, yeah, y'all get that. We go to Sunday school. We go to this. Uh, if you're a church of God in Christ, they still might have YPWW, which is an acronym with Young People's Willing Workers or the Baptist Church or the Luther. All of them got different groups, and they have some of them have colleges or whatever like that. And if you notice, when a church denomination send you or recommend a college to you or school baby you better believe it's going to be part of their organization ain't going to be outside the denominational organization it's going to be within that organization they don't want you going outside the box see they want to keep you in that traditional denominational type of belief so you are not allowed if you're in their church especially if you got a position there to go to a, your own Bible college unless you're in an independent church unless you're in a, a non-denominational churches let me take that back non-denominational denominational churches they're not interested so much uh, of what church or what school theological school you go to but a denominational church is 
they're very pinpointed because some of them might have certain colleges in their uh, congregation that they're going to point you out to go to. Believe it, it ain't going to be nobody else's church. And if it is another uh, school, it's going to be part of the organization. You, you follow what I'm saying? So you get caught up in that without even knowing it. See? They're not going to send you to a Bible college that teaches different than their denomination. It's going to be part of their organization. I almost nine times out of ten uh, I really believe that. The Church of God in Christ, if you want to grow or become uh, a minister or a deacon or whatever, then you're going to have to go through their training. You can't go outside the box. Baptist, you can't, you can't go outside the box. Lutheran, Catholic, you can't go outside the box. Universalist, Jehovah Witness, well, they're not believers, but I'm just using this denomination as a, 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 an example, you know. You're not going outside of their organization type of training. So you're part of it. It's almost like the mafia, man. You, you can't step outside the box. They don't really like you going to another denomination. That's the that's the uh, the stronghold of denominations. Unless you go to you tell them your pastor, whatever some pastor you went to a uh, uh, holiness or a Pentecostal, you you brought up in a Pentecostal church and you went to a Baptist church, and you went to this church or a Catholic church. Find out you went to a Pentecostal church, unless they're Pentecostal Catholic. Man, they got so many denominations. Man, it's just ridiculous. Man, let me give you an example of me. Now, let me give you my experience of that. I was predominantly brought up in an all-black church. Pentecostal Holiness, Holiness Church. I believe I gave the story before, but this is for my new listeners. Uh, and I was, this was in my searching stage that I was, noticed something was wrong with the, uh, something was missing in my Church of God in Christ Church. I, I mean, it was based on works and signs and wonders and you have to do it. And I wasn't feeling it, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was not feeling it, man. And I was searching. I was searching. I thank God I didn't give up. Holy Spirit was with me, guiding me. I have no doubt the Holy Spirit guided me. And I was finding truth and I was finding truth and I was finally looking for truth and everything like that. You know, I started listening to, uh, I was into Charles Stanley, but I know Charles Stanley wasn't no Pentecostal preacher, but at the same time, his message was resonating with me. I was looking at, listening to Charles Stanley. At the same time, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin. I was listening to a lot of faith chiefs of James Robinson. I was watching TBN and, uh, you know, all that. So I was, man, mostly charismatic and Pentecostal I was into. But something was missing, man. Something was missing. And I was just searching, man, something that right. But it was something about that Charles Stanley down on earth playing old Bible you know, loving, holy walk, what Charles Stanley was talking about, man, that said, man, this guy's a Baptist, but he's making more sense to my own pastor than my Pentecostal teachers and my world of faith teachers. You know, something about his teaching. Remember, I said I got saved through Charles Stanley. Yes. He, I, I learned about assurance of salvation and I lose your salvation through Charles Stanley. Yes, from Charles Stanley. So I start Charles Stanley back then was my favorite 
teacher. He was my favorite teacher. I know I said I wasn't going to keep this long, man. Okay, um, let me give it. Uh, uh, give me about 15, 20 more minutes. Uh, Charles Stanley was one of my favorite teachers. Okay, so it was a lot of confusion because Charles Stanley didn't put a lot of emphasis. He talked about gifts, but he didn't put no, he broke down what was the tongues when he meant. I never knew what tongues meant until Charles Stanley told me about languages. It's languages. I heard that from a Baptist teacher and Baptist preacher, and I'm in the church of God and Christ that speak tongues left and right. But Charles Stanley said, what is the real meaning of tongues? What is tongues? He the one broke down languages. That's how I found out that the speaking of tongues was just languages. And that, that was like, man, that made so much sense to me. And it brought a relief to me, man. Okay, let me let me go back. So I started looking looking at a few Baptist literature. And it, and I, I felt I was growing more listening to Baptist literature more than the Church of God and Christ literature. This is a true story. They, I seemed like they was teaching me more basic what the Bible said. Why? Because they didn't have so much emphasis on signs and wonders and speaking in tongues. You know, it was more you know, step by step what the Bible was saying. It was more, they, they got into more of the true history of the Bible, whatever. not so much Gentiles and Jews, but the more history of the Bible. And I grew more of learning more from a Baptist type of teaching, you know, than I did Pentecostal type of teaching. True story. So I was getting closer of finding what I was looking for. Seeking, you will find. That's still relevant for the day. That's just not an Old Testament saying from Jesus. That's really for today. Seek and you shall find. So I was seeking for the truth. Therefore, one day, and this not to knock uh, my former pastor, bless his heart now, but when I was living in Mobile, Alabama, I bought, I purchased this Baptist book about, you know, how to study the Bible, how to study the Word of God, you know, and I was excited and everything like that, man. And, uh, I was reluctant to do this, but I was searching anyway. One day I brought, I thought it was a good study book that can help uh, the church that I was belonging to then, the Church of God in Christ on 11th Street in Mobile. So I just went there and I just introduced this book to one of the ministers, Minister uh, Gordon. You know, I, I, uh, I ain't going to put too many names out there. Minister Gordon, that was his last name. I'm sure he don't mind. And, uh, about this this Bible study uh, book from I looked at it like this first I just looked at it as a Bible study book not a Baptist Bible study book because I it was a Bible study book to me I didn't look at the Baptist I didn't look at the uh, denominational name I just knew it helped me grow and I think and I just felt this can help the Church of God in Christ you know this is, this can help any church let me put it that way that's the way I look at it I don't look at it in a denominational way I looked at it that this book can help a lot of churches and teach you step by step to understand the Bible I never got that even with YPW I never got it like that I got stories you know I got a lot of ethnic stories and different things like that but how one, two, three, how to study the Bible, read the Bible, man. No, I didn't look at it just as a Baptist, man. God knows I'm not lying. I didn't look at it like this. So I thought they'd be interested in that. But the minute I introduced that teaching book, 
to the minister. The minister, he was fair. He let the pastor uh, at the time look at it, and they, you know, you know, they turned it down. They said no, no. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I believe the reason they turned it down because it was a Baptist type of. Bible study. It wasn't in line with the teachings of the church of God in Christ. That's the conclusion I came up with. I wasn't stupid. It was a it was uh it was it was Baptist and it was contrary to what the Church of God in Christ denomination teaches. So they didn't want no part of that book. They didn't say nothing mean or nothing like that. You know, they was very cool, but they didn't want no part of But I already knew why. I already knew why, because it wasn't part of the teachings or the literature of the Church of God and Christ denominational type of literature. You, you understand what I'm saying now? My, my point is, see, I experienced that. I started looking at and, ten, and paying attention to things. I experienced that. And I had no doubt, doubt that book. I didn't get mad and say, well, maybe they're right. No, I knew that teaching in that book was right. They was, it, it was a good teaching. It was good teaching, you know, about the Bible. It was like, man, and I enjoyed that book, you know. But they didn't want it. So I started, it was a lot of searching I was doing. I wound up leaving a, a denominational church. Church of God in Christ and my minister he understood and everything I remember him saying this very clear he said brother I understand you have, you, you want to leave the church because I was up front I up front told him why I just I just feel I'm not getting blah blah I don't remember word by word but I told him I have to leave because I'm searching for something else and I don't think the Church of God in Christ is for me no more I wind up going to another denominational church because I don't want nothing to do with no denominational church period I want to go to no Baptist church I just didn't want nothing to do with no denominational church so I went to another denominational church uh, called Life Church in Mobile Alabama but that's another story but anyway he understood and he said the only reason I'm here at my church is because this is my father's church this is my dad church and, then, and I, you know, so we respected each other and everything like that he was part of the church of God and Christ mainly because his dad was the uh, he wasn't going to leave his dad he didn't say he would have left too but I'm going to tell you this you have a lot of father and son splits in churches as well because of their different type of belief they don't fall in all the time with their father's belief, their dad belief. You can see that in experience, you know. Like I said before, Joel Osteen don't preach like John Osteen, his dad. See? You have Robert Shula and his son split it off because they're different beliefs. His son felt that Robert Shula was kind of getting too much out there and which he was, and he disagreed on a lot of his 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 possibilities type of doctrine. So those two sons split it. You had Charles and Andy Stanley. You would be for sure that Andy Stanley would follow Charles, but no, they had differences in doctrine, beliefs and everything, so they split it. You see what I'm saying? Denominational churches can have a stronghold on the majority of people that go to their church. They will not step outside and go inside another denominational church. Not not letting their uh, without letting you know worried about their congregation or their pastor finding out about finding out about it or something like that you know okay 
Now, I'm talking about this because this is very important of understanding the Bible. Now, where I want to go with this, because I kind of lost track. The key to understanding the Bible for a new old believer in Christ. Now, I'm talking to the church, a believer. The unbeliever, um, not leading you out, but you not, you, first thing, the important thing for you is to be saved first, and I'm going to give you that opportunity. But I'm talking to the believer. The key to understanding the Bible rightly divided is you have to somewhat take the Bible literally of what it's saying. Get those type of books out of your head in your traditional, denominational, traditional type of teaching. And sometimes you have to get along and just read that Bible and accept what God is saying through his word of God because we've been bombarded by denominationalism type of teaching of what the Bible is really saying. Then you need to give some of these grace teachers, you know, myself and others, a chance to let you see how to rightly divide the difference between Jews and Gentiles, the difference between the body of Christ and the kingdom of heaven, the difference between prophecy and mystery. These things you never even heard of, and it's right there in what? In your Bible. It's just never been taught to you because your pastors and them don't know nothing about it because of their forefathers' traditional way of teaching. If I were opened up and I went to a church and I teach and I taught the way I teach, I would not get. I have no doubt I would not get invited back. I might get even kicked out as teaching false doctrine and the Pentecostal holiness or in a lot of Baptist churches. But I believe I get kicked out of, of more Pentecostals and churches like that because what I be teaching show goes way against what they believe and teach in their churches. So I doubt if I even get invited back. I'm just using me as an example because the way I teach now. Now, I used to teach like them. I used to believe like the Pentecostal believe. The reason I'm saying Pentecostal is because that's what I was brought up in, the Pentecostal church, Church of God in Christ. That's Pentecostal. Some people call it holiness. You have different Pentecostals. Yes, you do. You have the Pentecostal church that believe in the Godhead, the Triune, the Trinity. You have the uh, Pentecostal church, which is called uh, the Universal Church, which only believes in the oneness. They call it monotonism. But that's something like that. Let me leave that alone. My sister said better than me. I'm just saying oneness church. (laughs) Oneness church. You know, they believe that... uh, the one, there's no triune, there's no God, Father, Son, and Spirit like that. They just believe Jesus. You know, that's why when they, when they talk about baptism and what they talk about in the name of Jesus. Where did they get that from? They got that from the book of Acts. See, in the name of Jesus. Everything is in the name of Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Father. That's how oneness churches look at it. Okay. So, and but they're Pentecostal. They believe with the shouts and everything like that. A one this church is more stricter now. They don't believe women cutting their hair. So most of the women, and this is a true story. I've been there too, and I left that. Most of the women in the church hair is all the way down to their backs because they don't believe in women cutting their hair. Beautiful hair too. 
you know, they believe are being covered up a lot and everything. Those are mostly one in church. Let me give you an example. Uh, some of him, he might be some of you guys' favorite teachers, but that's on you, Geno Jennings. Geno Jennings is a one that's church type of teacher. If you look at this congregation, you see the separation between the men on one side and the women on the other side. See, and how the women covered up, even showed his wife she covered up. And nothing wrong with modesty, but I'm talking about traditional modesty. They're doing it because they believe that's the way you're supposed to do it today. Those are oneness churches. Those are united uh, Pentecostal churches. Most of the other Pentecostal churches, they dress like clubs. So they Women look like you can't tell a club from uh, the church, you know. So you see the... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Difference. United Pentecostal is more works and more appearance you know like the Geno Genus churches and a lot of other oneness churches so you will see the clothing and the women the women they dressed up like you know they just real everything covered you know, they do they wear certain colors I guess mostly white for purity or something like that I guess I don't know and stuff like that you know it's almost like that congregation and I'm not saying that I was almost set up like uh, the nation of Islam black Muslim, uh, nation of Islam, the certain suits, men, they don't go to church without wearing no suits, and the men sitting at one side, and the Muslim woman sitting on another side, but you can't tell a difference from a, you know, Farrakhan church, uh, and sometimes from a Jennings church or other church, by looking, it would seem like it's a Muslim church, but it's not, my point is, the stronghold of denominational traditional church can have on you, see, so if your church is like that, emphasis on dress code, emphasis on a, the length of a hair for the women, emphasis on this, emphasis on that, you can just about tell what's going to come out of their teaching. The majority of the time, Old Testament teaching. Now, the only time they would touch on uh, dressing and stuff like that, they would, they, would, they would bring Paul in. Then they were talking about women dressing modest and, and sobriety and stuff like that. They, they put a lot of emphasis on that or whatever like that. You know, they might misinterpret what's going on, but they, they try to uh, justify why women. It's always mostly women. Women get so dogged out in churches sometimes. What a women shouldn't wear. How women shouldn't look. Women shouldn't wear makeup. You know, very seldom is what the man. You know, the man do what he's going to do. That's even in the Muslim faith. But that's another teaching. Now, we, I'm going all about around and exposing a lot of things. Because a lot of things I was involved in. I really believe. I, I was in several type of beliefs. And there's hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of denominations out there. I said all that number end to say this. And I heard this from Les Feldick not too long ago. The Word of God, specifically the King James Bible. You can agree or disagree. Uh, that's on you. Specifically the King James Bible. We are responsible of studying the Bible. We are responsible. You might say, Joe, but I don't know how. Not to say that I could never learn how to study the Bible is taking, is just saying, uh, let me put it this way. 
for a person, and this might sound, probably never heard it like this before, to sit up there and say, I can never understand the Bible. I always need somebody to teach me. Now, it's good to have, yeah, we need people to teach us, but let me tell you where I'm going. I can never understand. If I sit down, how can I ever understand the Bible? I'm going to tell you how. The Holy Spirit. What do you think the Holy Spirit is there for? I know about the scripture study to show thyself approve a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Paul was schooling Timothy. Paul was teaching Timothy how he must study, how to watch out for this, how to do this, because Paul was coming to his end. Paul was finna get they was finna murder him. He was finna become a martyr. So he was handing a metal or the baton over to Timothy. He was letting Timothy know to watch out for this. Study to show yourself approved. Watch out for this type of teaching. Watch out for this. See? See, Paul knew if Timothy listened to him and followed his ways, the Holy Spirit would guide Timothy. See, the church today, they sit up there and say they do, but they don't, and we don't rely on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Proof of that, there would not be so many denominations if we did. If you sit up there and say, no, this, you know, God got these many denominations. No, he don't. Satan does. God is not the God of confusion. The church today, if you call yourself somewhat of an Acts church, whatever you are, Acts 2, Acts 9, Acts 28 or whatever, you call yourself that church, that church was one church. One church. They had one belief. They was on one accord. It wasn't many church buildings. It was one church. They came together. They got disciplined if they fell out of line. I gave the story about the ants. They got disciplined. It was one accord. It was one church. And the only way you can believe it or take it or whatever, the only way to understand God's word is you must differentiate the difference between prophecy and mystery. Israel's program and the body of Christ's program. That's the only way you will understand God's word completely. I'm not saying you're not saved and you won't go to heaven. I'm not saying you don't, you don't uh, rightly divide it in some ways. You got a lot of ministers that do. And the reason a lot of them don't do it fully because what? Tradition. Won't let them. Denominationalism and religious and old traditional type of ways will not let them. They're stuck in a subjective way, preconceived way, that some things they're going to rightly devise and some things they will not. Which is a form of what? Unbelief. Period. Okay? I said all that to get to this. We are responsible for reading and studying the Bible. Now, if I tell you how to write and read the Bible, how you have to separate it when you listen to my podcast or you go to Connecting the Dots, it's on you now. You have been told. And I know the majority of you and the majority of people, you're still going to do it your way. You're still going to do it your way, but I'm letting you know. I'm not saying you're not going to learn anything. I'm not saying you're going to hell. Because, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to lose your salvation. My point is, if you want to learn sound doctrine, 
And it's not going to happen overnight. How to rightly divide the word of God? You have to know the difference between prophecy and mystery. Time pass, but now and ages to come. The time pass and ages to come is Israel's program. The but now Paul talks about is what's happening in his time and today. See, you got to differentiate the different the teachings of Jesus' earthly ministry when he was on earth and the 12 apostles compared to Jesus' heavenly ministry when he's in the heavenly places and Apostle Paul, gospel grace. Until then, you're going to continue to preach error. Oil and water. Okay? I'm going to leave it at that. This is Joseph Brownlee. Well, just a tip for the day. A long tip for the day. For the believer. This is food for your soul. This is I'm saying this because I love you all. That might sound generic, but I truly I do. This is food for your soul, man. I, I, this opened me up. So no, I'm not. I'm going to let you know. I'm not saying I don't make no mistakes or anything like that. But you cannot. Nobody can bamboo, hoodwink and bamboozle me now about the word of God. Not because I know more than them. They can be a scholar. But as long as they don't know, if they don't know how to rightly divide, you can't fool me. Because it's that simple once you learn it. Let me say that again. It's that simple once you learn it. You got to learn it first. And the Bible is not simple as they keep saying it is. They saying it's simple because they, they interpret it and they doing it in their own type of teaching and denominational traditional ways. Okay. Once you de- learn how to dif- dif- differentiate the difference between prophecy, Israel's program, and mystery. Mystery just means secret. I know it sounds mysterious, but mystery just means secret. Secret is the body of Christ program was hidden in God. Why is it called secret? Because it was never told to nobody else in the Bible. Nobody else knew about this new plan of body of Christ only the apostle Paul that's why the bible calls it a mystery the King James calls it a mystery other translations say secret which is the same thing okay that's why they called it a mystery prophecy it means foretelling going forward this is what's going to happen in the future that's prophecy that's Israel the body of Christ was never Prophesied. The body of, Christ, body of Christ was never foretold. Nobody in the Bible knew about the body of Christ or the church. God and Jesus only knew until they revealed it to Paul. I don't even think, I'm going to agree with Leslie, I don't even think the angels knew. It was hidden in God. No, I don't think the angels knew. Only one that it was revealed to, human it was revealed to, was the Apostle Paul. That's why the Apostle Pauls get so much flack. Because it's not the same as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See? But you have to always remember, why did God allow him to write 13 books led by the Holy Spirit? More than any other uh, person in the Bible. 13 books. See? Because it's for the church today. It ended with Paul's teaching. Not Peter, not James, not John, not none of them. It ended with Paul's Jesus. I mean, Paul's teaching. Our rock and our following today is the 13 epistles, which is letters of the Apostle Paul. 
Okay? All right. Now, for the wounds that's not saved, you, you, you hear me saying all this, you know, if you just tune it in. I want you to understand. I know you heard a lot of things that I said, but that you never heard before. A lot of these things that I'm saying, even a lot of believers never heard before. The ones that's just tuning in, because I I, uh, I do a lot of repetitions when I when I talk about the Bible, you know, even on my Bible teaching show, connecting the dots. And uh, and that sometimes I'm long winded. And when I say I'm going long winded, but I just it's just so much I have to get out, you know. And I, I apologize if I'm just talking a long time, but I hope it's worth something, you know, to a lot of believers. Now, your unbelievers, you have a chance if you never even read the Bible, but you are curious about the Bible. You've been hoodwinked and bamboozled or confused because there are so many denominations out there and so many people tell you what the Bible says, even some occults. You know, you got everybody in your face telling you what God said. This is the way to go. If you listen to all of them and you have, and you're still confused... Give what I'm saying a chance. Especially when it comes to how to be saved. That's the first of how to be saved. What is the gospel of your salvation? You want to know what is the gospel of salvation. Don't know, let no one or denomination or no other person that means even well lead you another way. You want to know what is the gospel of your salvation. That can be found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. It's as simple as believing, not simple to do, but as simple as believing that Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again. You don't have to repent of sins, which means changing your mind. You don't have to confess your sins. You don't have to go to church to be saved or go up to a church altar. Your altar is wherever you at. You just have to believe. Your sins has been dealt with. That's not a sin. God don't have a problem. It's not a sin issue. Jesus took care of all those sins, all those filthy sins that you have done. And then they are every sin is filthy to God. Ain't no good in them. See, there's no good and evil sins in the eyes of God. All sin is evil in God's eyes. Why? Because it's trespassing his law. Okay, but uh, in our eyes, and God knows the difference. Don't get me—he knows the difference. That's why you know many believers believe it's going to be different d departments of suffering if you go to hell, if you go to the lake of fire. But it's still going to be suffering because there will be a level of sin that more people suffer more than others. But you're still going to suffer. It ain't going to be good if. You don't believe the true way of being saved. Believing, it ain't believing who Jesus was. Many people believe or heard of who Jesus was and still going to hell. It ain't inviting Jesus in your heart. You can invite Jesus in your heart and still go to hell. 
It ain't trying to stop doing this and stop doing this. Or I got to start doing this better or stop doing this. You can stop all you want to or try to and still go to hell. It ain't getting your life together first or dressing a different type of way or attending a church or becoming a member of the church. No, you need to become a member of the body of Christ, not a church building. Forget a church building. Become a member of the real church, which is the body of Christ. And the only way to do that is believing what Jesus done for you, his death, burial, resurrection. Just believe in that. Then you are a member of the real church, the spiritual church. You can find a denominational church all you, you want to because majority of the church is denominational. I'm going to just tell you that now. But I want to get you in the door, man and woman. I want to get you in the door, senior or teenager. I want to get you through the door. And I want to let you know in love, it ain't your sin that's holding you back. Listen carefully. It's not your sin. It's your belief that he done all that and took care of all those sins already. And he, his death, burial, and resurrection is the way and the only way to be saved today. Believing what he done for salvation today. Love you all. Let me pray out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for another day to just try to help somebody on how to understand the word of God, Lord. I thank you for giving me the utterance and the understanding to help the ones that's listening to this podcast. Whether it's 10, whether it's 5, whether it's 2, it doesn't matter, Lord, because just one person getting saved is a joy, and it's still a joy in heaven for one person. Now, I know that has to do period with anybody getting saved. There's joy in heaven, whether it's from the kingdom program or from the body of Christ program. There's a celebration for a person that's been saved. And not only that, this person will be, have a chance to be in the heavenly places and see the wonderful things that's described in the heavenly places. And Father, I believe you kept the vision of how the heavenly places look for a reason because we won't be able to comprehend it anyway. So I thank you, Lord, for another blessed time to, to teach your word to the people that needs you even though they don't know they need you Lord in the name of Jesus I give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus Almighty Amen peace out love you all bye bye love you peace out okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.